Hey everyone, what's going on? Welcome to a brand new edition of the Sam Bissell Podcast on the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions, both in audio form and video form as well. Welcome to what is going to be the Oscar prediction hour here on the Sam Bissell Podcast, or maybe a little longer than an hour. We'll see how long this goes for. But again, we are going to be predicting the 94th Annual Academy Awards, going over every single category from cinematography to best picture to the acting categories and so much more. Finally locking in our nominations or our winners for this year. And who do I mean by we? As of course I do every single year, ever since I've done the podcast, I've always had on our guest here today, which of course is our awards pundit and our good friend, the one and only Jason Abdel. Jason, it's great to have you once again, my friend. Again, 94th Annual Academy Awards, finally here. We're a few days away. It's Friday today. The weekend's upon us. What Are you excited? Are you ready? Can you believe it's actually here? Am I excited to know the winners? I'm pretty excited to know are the you? winners. Am I excited for the show? Uh, well, <laughs> well, let's actually get into that a little bit before we actually get into our winners and who we think is going to win on the night. Because I think out of a lot of years, this year has had a lot of the some of the most controversial elements of the Oscars, let's say, whether it's the recent one, whether it's Rachel Zegler not being able to be there at first for, to be invited to the Academy Awards, but that has since changed in which she's now going to be a presenter there, whether it is the fact that probably the biggest thing where it'll be that eight of the, I believe it's 23, 24 categories at the Oscars will be pre-taped. So during the red carpet or however, however they're going to do it, they're not going to be live. We're having three hosts this year and Wanda Sykes, Regina Hall and Amy Schumer. There's just, it, it, it's a lot of different things that they're trying to, I think, appeal to the younger audience this year out of a lot of years that have come since because of the down downward spiral of viewerships. How do you think this is all going to come about? What are you looking forward to? I know you have a few comments about everything that's been going on. So I'll let you have the floor, whatever you, you want to talk about right now, before we get into the predictions, we'll have at it, have at it right now. What, what, what are you predicting and what do you think is going to happen during the telecast? Um, so what am I looking forward to? Well, I mean, the good news is that my expectations for the ceremony itself are just, they're at the floor. They're just <laughs> as low as they can be. Um, so anything that strikes me is well done, you know, that it's gonna, it's gonna weigh a lot heavier because my expectation is so low. Um, I am trying to think of what, where we even were when we, when the nominations were first announced, we didn't have any idea what the host was that situation was going to be. All we knew is that they were looking for a host, which they didn't have before. I think we might've known that they were looking for three hosts. I know there were a lot of rumors about it being the only murders in the building crew or Tom Holland and Zendaya. It was was still the rumors at that point. Which, like if we weren't gonna get the only murders crew, I'm it's whatever, but it's just weird that if you would if you were to get your three acts, just like what a random slapdash effort it seemed to be. And this is yeah. no no offense to uh Amy Schumer, Wanda Psycho, Regina Hall, who I think are all genuinely talented. Um but you know, those are just three names you pulled out of a hat and put together. Um, that, you know, there's not really a lot, I can't imagine there being a lot of chemistry and maybe they're going to do it where they're handing it off for each leg of the show. Um, but then it just feels disconjointed anyway, because isn't that just kind of what we were doing anyway with having a bunch of different presenters, which we still have. Um, 
so we'll see. I mean, the, they've been promoting it. ABC's been doing a hell of a job trying to promote it. Um, yeah. But look, then I, you know, I go and I see Amy Schumer say like, well, I think that uh, President Zelensky should be addressing the awards because, you know, he deserves the audience. And it's like, oh, is it going to be like, is this going to be tough to watch? Is this going to? Not the right place. <laughs> is, are we like, are we going to be this out of touch with it? Yeah. And I really hope not. Um, the For me, the biggest pet peeve in this, honestly, don't. I'm, you know, I'm obviously going to be watching, but the reason I'm much less excited this year than most years is eight of the categories are gone. And these aren't just like, you know, whatever, like, I don't want to see the live action short win, whatever. Like, I guess maybe not everybody's into that. Um, But, you know, when we're talking about editing, when we're talking about sound, when we're talking about these categories that are just essential score, yeah, creation of film, you got to just ask yourself, like, what is, what is this decision for? Like, who is this for? Because you're, who's watching the Oscars? Is it people who like movies or not? And if you're taking out these awards, it's, you're just taking, I compare it to taking out like a quarter of the Super Bowl because, well, you know, a lot of people who watch the Super Bowl aren't even into sports. They just want to watch it for the commercials. So how about we just only make it a three quarter game and then do more commercials? It's like, yeah, but that's not, that's like not why we're actually watching. Like we're here so we can watch these people win these awards these movies are not made in a lab. They're made with human beings who spend years honing their craft. So one day they can get to this category and get nominated and then maybe win and be recognized by their peers. And this is a big slap in the face to those tech people. I mean, you work this hard getting a nomination and, you know, everybody who you work with thinks you're good enough to win. I would hate to have my, that moment just become a pre-recorded blurb to yeah. be well, because the Grammys do it too, but the difference there is they have like 80 plus categories and I get it. You know, I get, they can't do, you know, best album notes. They can't do best bluegrass uh, album. But when you only have 23 and we have, we already cut it down from 24 and you're adding extra elements, you're adding hosts. It's just, what is the uh, what's the main priority here? Um, when you're adding, we have dozens of presenters. Yep. I no, we do. No, it's it, what it, what is this all for? If you know a third of these categories are gone. No, um, absolutely. Yeah, I think. I mean, I just think it's pretty disgraceful. I mean, I I can uh, I can do without the airing of a uh, whatever the Twitter fan vote is for yeah, best. Yeah, that's another thing. The, the hashtag uh, cheer moment. If we don't get those categories. And instead we get production design, you know, like that little thing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's so shameless. Like, you know, they kept visual effects as they knew that's the one that the Marvel movies are nominated. in. so, you know, in their minds, Oh, well, like all the Marvel fans are tuning in just to watch visuals. No, like if you're not watching the Oscars anyway, you're not going to be like, Oh, but I can see Spider-Man lose one tech award. I <laughs> I mean, it's like, if it's not nominated, it's not nominated. You don't care. Like I yeah. promise you, if you were already turned off by the Oscars before you being able to see your favorite comic book movie, lose a category, kind of sway you in. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I don't know what you, what ratings are going to look like. I do think a lot of people are genuinely mad about that decision and might tune out because of it. I don't know if there's like a lot of people who are super excited about the movies nominated, which, you know, it's a growing problem. I think of a dis- disconnect of Hollywood really not making the, uh, the big original blockbusters they used to that got nominated for these awards. That's its own discussion, but you know, ratings are going down for a reason. And I just, I'm not seeing these weird adjustments um, fixing that problem. If anything, it's going to continue to add to it. I really hope the Academy decides to wake up and kind of get a little bit in touch with what our, you know, people at home want to see from them. Um, Cause this is a relatively new thing. You have plenty of potential to bounce back and be the institution we all knew and love, but you know, it is disheartening as someone who, you know, spends all year prognosticating and thinking of what's going to win every category and who's going to be contender in every category. And then one of this night of, they just are like, oh, well, we'll just do that during the red carpet. Nobody really cares. It's like, well, then why did I even follow you this whole time? Why do I even care? I can make my own list. Yeah. So, and, 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 and I think, and I've said it on previous editions of the podcast too, where it's it's this rift between I wouldn't necessarily call it a rift, but it's this bunny of heads between ABC, which is is putting out the Academy Awards, the telecast, and the Academy, because it's really ABC that wants to appeal to the general audience. And I think they're pressuring the Academy to do that as well because they need that revenue to come in and they need those viewerships. So it's it's very disheartening to see that the Academy is sort of letting ABC kind of dictate this a little bit. And the reason that I think that best sound was whittled down to one category was because the sound community and I think the Academy themselves agreed, listen, we won't cut you out entirely or we won't do something drastic and we can try to cut down on that category in and of itself. We'll make it one category. So maybe we can cut down for the little bit of time that that category could really allot to, which again, it's not going to be a whole lot. You're still, it's still, giving that category it's deserved time but it's just again it's like you said it's just there there needs to be a an acceptance that there these award shows are going to lag off a little bit we do live in a different day and age than we did back in the 90s the 80s the 70s but you can still bring in an audience it's not like sure last year was bad but i think last year was an anomaly because of the pandemic because of the way that it was brought to us I don't necessarily think that it's going to continue to plummet down there. I do think we'll see a little bit of an uptick, but it's you're trying to appeal to an audience that you are that is never going to come fully accepted. You need to go to the people like us or to the people that love just watching the Oscars or hope that one day strive to be film editors, sound mixers, sound editors, product production designers, makeup and hair. You hope that you can appeal to those people and that, and that and they love watching it because they just love the awards. And I think it's also on ABC and the Academy when we see something like the Screen Actors Guild Award or even something like the Critics Choice Award, or even though those are that those are more of kind of, of smaller award shows. They are on TNT, TBS, the CW. I think they have the format down right where, sure, you have something cool in the opening and maybe you have the performances kind of laid throughout, but the rest of it should be about the awards. And I just think they, over the last couple of years, they've lost sight of that a little bit. And I think this year there's some cool celebrations, 
that we could potentially get. I mean, I know we're going to have the 60 year celebration of Bond. That could be pretty cool. 50 years of Godfather. We don't talk about Bruno's performing. There could be some cool things throughout it, but I just hope that we don't lose sight that this is a celebration about movies and, and they have been a little disheartening to some of those areas. If you're celebrating movies, like you said, film editing is very much an important part of a film process. It's literally one third of the film process. Yeah. Score is a huge part of the filmmaking process. I mean, we'll talk about it later on. And when we talk about our predictions, but a soundtrack like our score, like Dune, the, the cinematic experience of Dune is not what it is. If we don't have the score that Hamas Zimmer did, that's a huge part of it. So a lot of these things contribute to the love of movies, to the love of cinema. So I just think the Academy, Will Packer, who's the producer, everyone should be prepared for some of the reports that are coming out that groups like IATSE and some of the other unions might be doing some kind of mini protest on the red carpet to support some of these other categories and people that will be getting their awards during the pre-show. And we don't know how it could come out. We could come out saying, you know what? This actually turned out to be a genius move that only they foresaw happening, which I don't think is going to be the case, but maybe it works out in some kind of a way. Maybe it doesn't, but I just think that there are other ways to try to improve the telecast and then the areas and the scenarios that they're trying to, to utilize, I think. I completely agree with everything you said. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a duel, and we'll see what um, – I just – yeah, you're right. At the end of the day, they can't lose sight of what this is really about. It's about the movies that are nominated and the people who worked hard to get them nominated. Um, and, I mean, there's I mean, there's little things that they can be doing. And I mean little things. I mean, like, when you do the acting categories – there's no problem showing a 10 second clip from the actor's yeah. performance. Why am I watching it just to look at uh, Denzel Washington's face for five seconds as he sits there? Yeah, exactly. They're looking comfy. Like, yeah, I know he's yeah. probably comfy right now, but why is he nominated? Why is he there? If I, you just say words, you know, like if I'm at home and I haven't seen, um, I can really look at up, and I'm not, I haven't seen parallel mothers. You just shoot a shot of Penelope Cruz with Javier Bardem and say, she's nominated. Okay. Yeah. What does that do for me? Yeah. You could have put the camera on anyone and just said any words and been like, they're nominated for that. That doesn't mean anything. She worked hard on per- doing a performance that got her nominated. Show me that performance. Why is she there? Um, I mean, it's just the little things like that. I really hope that they make a comeback. And I just, I would just love for there to be, some recognition for those movies. If, and if you had the free time now, like, I mean, we better get it. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with that. And now we're going to move on to actually predicting some of the awards. Now we're going to go into celebrating these categories, these artists and everything that they were able to do. And I know Jason, I know you and I, we've been talking back and forth, not having given our predictions away to each other. We still don't know what each of us chose, but we took the last couple of days to kind of go over all of the, all of the categories. I know again, for everyone that if you haven't checked the best picture breakdowns we've done on the podcast, there's some great ones. We kind of went over every single one, dove into every single detail of those films. We watched every single one of the performances. We've seen all these movies for months now, but now it all comes down to this predicting the 94th annual Academy Awards. And it's all led, of course, by the power of the dog with 12 nominations this year. So this could potentially be Netflix's big year that they maybe, maybe get over the hump into the best picture glory. But we'll talk about that. so hard. 
I know. Always a, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Very exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we'll get into all that and a whole lot more. But again, we're going to start out with some of the, the other categories first. And then of course, work our way up to best picture, best director. So we're going to start out with going over the, the short subjects and categories first. And we're going to kick everything off with documentary short. And the nominations in that category are Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs of Benzar, and When We Were Bullies. And Jason, we we did try to catch some of these throughout the last couple of weeks when the nominations were announced. And again, for some of these, we're not going to spend too much time on them, but I did enjoy some of the ones that did come out. But watching to watch a lot of them. That's the that's the main thing about these shorts is they're kind of tough to find. I know they're very they tough to find. You, you got to find them on like YouTube, the internet. Some some of them are like on Vimeo at some points. Throughout like, the am I even watching this legally? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot to say about um, this. I I have the queen of basketball um, and my logic is just the subject matter. And really with the documentary shorts, I really just look at the subject matter and just kind of see what looks the most, uh, you know, what's the most interesting? What's the most inspiring? What can I see? Just the the few people who actually watch the shorts. What can I see them a watching saying, oh, I, I look at that and be enjoying and to me just looking at them all i can see a lot of people being like ah queen of basketball great basketball in general yeah kind of in the top topic right now and i'm just saying like just remembering to kobe bryant's basketball thing i think people like basketball <laughs> I think so. Even even within the academy, I think there's some sports fans that that enjoy it. A, 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 I made a that bit. prediction a couple weeks ago, so I, I I can't really explain it much more than that. Yeah, no, I would have to agree with you. And I had the Queen of Basketball winning this award as well. I again, I would go to the to the whole Kobe Bryant aspect. And even though that was animated short. I still think that when you tell a personal story like this, where basketball is an inspiration, the journey that you go on, I can, I definitely think it'll grab people's attention and definitely win the award. So we're, we're, we're one for one right now where we agree, we agree on that. So we'll go through the rest of the shorts right now and going into live action short, the nominees in that category are Alakaku, the dress, the long goodbye on my mind and please hold. And Jason, for this one, I did choose the long goodbye. It, when I saw it, it was really cool. And some of the other ones, I, I just don't that. know if it gravitated towards me as much. I usually am like not wild about a lot of the live action shorts. I know last year, the Two Distant Strangers, I thought, um, was a little overhyped when I watched it after the ceremony. Um, I think a lot of the times they're, you know, they're quite preachy and they they just don't you can see what they're going for, but they usually try to cram like a lot of message into a very small window. And um, sometimes it doesn't work as well as you'd think. Um, I a couple of years ago, we had skin and that one I thought was also like kind of um, laughably absurd with his commentary. But I think the long goodbye is kind of like, I think it would be a unique winner in the fact that I think it is very nuanced. And I think that it's connection to, um Riz Ahmed's album of the same name which is also like a very political album um you know I think that definitely helps it it definitely helps it feel more realized and um adds more character and also obviously having Riz Ahmed's name attached to it I think is huge um I think that was definitely really big for this and 
not to go back to it, but it's going to be a shame to watch Riz Ahmed, uh, who had a wonderful 2020 and had another wonderful 2021. He's going to, you know, potentially win his first Oscar here for producing. And we're not going to get to see it live. Yeah, that would be a shame. Because, you know, <laughs> this is what happens when you try to screw over the uh, the small guys. You end up actually screwing up, like, one of your big actors just nominated exactly. for the actor last year. And who would want to see Riz Ahmed win an award? I mean, he's yeah. a great guy. Great guy. I, I'm excited to hopefully see him win. Um, I'm rooting for that one big time. All right. Moving on now to Best Animated Short. And the nominees in this category are Affairs of the Art, Besta, Box Ballot, Robin Robin, and The Windshield wiper so jason this category i think animated shorts are always the ones i think we know a lot more about than maybe some of the other short categories is there one specifically that you think has a clear shot of winning this this category can i have a confession sam this is my low moment of uh as an oscar expert this Uh-oh. category i'm like the least attached to. <laughs> i like i i haven't seen any of these i'm going to be totally honest i haven't seen any of them um i'm going with robin robin just based off of the feedback i've been hearing about them but i've not really had the time to check them out so i just haven't so i'm just going with robin robin just based off of people saying it's really good <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm in the same category and boat as you i'm going robin robin with a little you, you just said i did not watch it i did not watch it this year i'm not this is why you tune into the sam Bissell podcast for experts talking about craft exactly this is why when we go into the below the lines we know what we're truly talking about here okay but i after this now i've actually seen the movies at least 80 to 90 percent of them okay all right so now we're going to go into some of the below the line categories now and we're going to start off of course with best visual effects and the nominees in this category are dune free guy no time to die Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Spider-Man No Way Home. And this is, of course, the only nomination that Spider-Man No Way Home has after the huge campaign that was undertaken by Sony and Marvel for trying to get into the best picture race for the Oscars and then for ABC trying to get it into this telecast. And this is the only nomination that it will walk away home with. And I don't think it's going to walk away with the with the win, Jason. Marvel never wins in this category. I do think that this will be the start of the run, of course, for Denny Villeneuve's Dune. And I think this is a a big hit and a big lock-in for Dune to win this category. Look, we've had in our past days, we've had a lot of arguments over visual effects. And I'd like to see that you've kind of taken note from me. It's not about what has the best visual effects. It's about the best movie with visual effects. (laughs) Yes, Um, And we've seen this time and time again. Um, except in this case, I do think Dune probably genuinely deserves to win it out of what's nominated. Um, no offense to the other ones, but the the Marvel visual effects have gotten a little they've gotten a little silly. Look, I'm gonna be honest, the Marvel movie that I think had the best visual effects this year was not nominated in this category. What do you think it was? Um, Eternals? I thought Eternals looked a yeah. lot better than Shang Chi. And um, you know, Spider-Man is now getting a you know, people are kind of going through it with a fine-tooth comb now, frame for frame, and being like, you know, a lot of this green screen. Yeah. It looks a little goofy. <laughs> yeah. like, you no, know, when I was cheering in the theater, then I didn't really notice it. <laughs> My dad got it on Amazon. I can watch it at home in a brightly lit room. And I'm yep. like, you know what? I kind of see it. <laughs> yep. Especially um, especially in that Statue of Liberty scene. Gr- great moments, but look, you can tell. One look, the heart, 
wants what the heart wants. The heart wanted to love that scene and think it was perfect. Yeah. You overlook some of the little things, but we're not here to to insult Spider-Man. This is its one category. We'll be nice. Exactly. Um, Yeah, it's Dune. It's Dune all the way. Um, It's going to have a great night. It is. And just to kind of go over some of the history real quick, since we are on the topic of Dune, this could potentially be a big night for it. It is nominated for 10 Oscar nominations. It is the second of any film to do that. It is the sixth film in history to be nominated in every single one of the technical categories that are at the Oscars following Titanic, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, Hugo in 2011, Mad Max Fury Road, which Jason, I did say on my best picture breakdown, I do think Dune could have that type of night where it wins potentially becomes the big below the line category winner with six wins potentially in those categories as well. And of course the Revenant. So this could be the kickoff to a, like you said, a big night for that film potentially. I well, we'll talk about it, but I have high expectations. It will not be the only award it wins. It will not. Well, we're going to get into some of those other ones real quick. And it goes with best sound, which is the next category we're going to be predicting. And that, of course, the nominees in that category are Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. And Jason, like I said earlier, when we talk about the cinematic experience, Dune had a great score, and we'll get into, again. We'll get into that in a little bit, but a big part of it also was that sound. And I think this is another rack up win for Dune in that category. To the to that, what do you say? It's unfair. It's the only one I saw on IMAX. So what can I say? <laughs> it's obviously going to be Dune. Um, big blockbuster kind of. I, I think if, if it wasn't for Dune, it would have actually been a really interesting race to see, like No Time to Die or West Side Story. I think mm-hmm. that would have been. I think that could have been really cool, but look, it's Dune. <laughs> It it is what it is. Um, You know, then, and I think we're excited to award blockbusters again after last year. Um, No offense to Sound of Metal, which absolutely deserved to win this award last year, but Mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't, there weren't any big blockbusters in the same way. And sound and visual effects are famously big blockbuster categories. So I think we're excited to hear big explosions on big screens again. Yeah, it's it's fun and it's exciting. It definitely deserves having that award in its back pocket as well. All right, moving on to best production design. The nominees in this category are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Jason, again, is this another one that Dune racks up? Could maybe West Side Story take this one? Could it be Tragedy of Macbeth, Nightmare Alley? Are we seeing any upsets, or is this another rack-up win for Denny Villeneuve in that category? I want to sound like a broken record, but I will. I think it's going to be Dune again. I think it's going to be Dune. I think the look of that movie is also what helps build build it up to be what makes it work. You got... They're starting to embrace sci-fi more. We thought it was the Black Panther win. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think they're they're not afraid to go there, and I I just think if it's having a great technical night, it's yeah. I I think it's, I I don't see any reason for it to go to anything else. But dude, I will say, Sleeper, um, Nightmare Alley, I think that had also like a very wide variety of um sets that were all very intricate and you know had a lot going on i mean you know a lot of those frames especially at the beginning was the 
Um, and the circus scenes, I mean, those were like I spy books. He just could freeze any frame and be like, look at all that stuff just in each frame. Like there's compositionally like just so much going on and like how detailed each of these sets had to have been. And they're, you know, interacting with them in cool ways. And I, you know, just, just for that alone, like, I mean, that, that would not be a upsetting win. That might've even been my personal pick, um, but I still think it's going to go to Dune. Yeah, I agree. It's going to go to Dune. My upset wouldn't be Nightmare Alley. I think my personal pick would be West Side Story. I I think the way that Spielberg and his and his, and his design coordinators, the way that they were able to recreate 1957 in the West Side of New York City with between the buildings and the 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 gymnasium where the the mamba took place and the the sand salt where the big riff happened and the duel. I just think that all that looked so incredibly well done. It brought me back to the, to that era and to that area of, of New York city. And I just think they did an incredible job, but again, that would be my upset. I don't think that's going to happen. I will be cheering a lot for West side story on Sunday night, not probably expecting for them not to win a whole lot of awards, but I do again, think that Dune deserves this award as well. They're going to win it. The production design of Arrakis. I mean, just on that alone is remarkable. So I think this is another win that they rack up in their pocket as well. All right, moving on now to the next category on our list. And that of course is going to be best makeup and hairstyling. And the nominees in this category are coming to America, Cruella, Dune, the eyes of Tammy Faye and house of Gucci. Now, Jason, for the longest time, after seeing the trailer back in, I think it was the summer of last year for house of Gucci, Seeing Jared Leto as Pablo, I was saying to myself, this is at least a lockup for a nomination, which happened. And I said, it, it might go on to win depending on how the film is. But I think another film is going to be taking this category. And I don't think it's House of Gucci. I think I have it as my number three on Gold Derby. I do think after a lot of the momentum that Jessica Chastain has been sustaining for the eyes of Tammy Faye, I think alongside of that, I think this helps surge forward that film. And I think this will be one that it wins the eyes of Tammy Faye winning for best makeup and hairstyling. That's the film I have winning this category. Yeah. I, I, man, we're agreeing too much. Then. <laughs> we got to mix it up you a little bit. I'll, I'll take Cruella. To America. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you look back at a lot of the, and we'll talk about actress, lead actress, because that's a whole other dispute. Yes. Later but on down you, the line. We will at least say that Jessica Chastain is a front runner in that category. And when yes. you look at other makeup hair and makeup winners in the last few years we're looking at darkest hour we're looking at vice um you see a lot of these are given because not just that the makeup was incredible but how it elevated those lead performers and how you know like in in vice is a good example because christian bale didn't win but and amy adams didn't win sam rockwell didn't win but the makeup made them all front runner. Maybe not Sam Rockwell, but <laughs> those people front runners in those categories, um, especially Christian Bale. Um, so I think if you have showy performances in makeup and there's showy performance that the Academy likes, sorry, Hasaguchi, <laughs> um, I, I really do think that takes you a long way. Um, so yeah, that's that's my that's my explanation. 
Another one that I would actually go for as well, when you include Vice in there and you include Darkest Hour, is actually Bombshell with Charlize Theron in 2019. I think that another was perfect example. And the makeup was incredible. And they won that year for, for best makeup and hairstyling. So, yeah, I think when, when you invoke a real life person and you make them believable in that sense, you very much are able to, to, to get a, a leg up in that category very deservingly. So it seems like we both had the eyes of Tammy Faye winning this award. Let's see if we can keep that going with best editing and the nominees. Damn, if you agree with me here, I swear to God. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We'll see. All right. So the nominees in this category are Don't Look Up, King Richard, Dune, Tick, Tick, Boom, and The Power of the Dog. So, Jason, sometimes this this category is one that could very well be a big teller of what could win the best picture, not the, the best picture at the overall Academy Awards. That's and what they say. What's up? That's what they say. But, but I we've, don't. We've seen a little bit of deviation lately. A little bit. And, and I think that's going to happen again this year. I was debating between Power of the Dog and Dune. And I think the way that they they edit Dune and the slow kind of build up in that movie, I think it works, but I don't think it, it works as well as it does in Dune. And I think I have, I have Dune winning the award for best film editing here, not Power of the Dog. What, what do you say to that? Do we agree or do, are we completely wrong on on this side here? Look, there's here's the thing about the editing category. I don't get it. I never get it. I never get the logic ever because whenever I think something's a slam dunk, it's not. And um, whenever I think like, okay, I'm just going to go, if they're going to go right, I'm going to go right. And then they go, no, we're going left. And I just throws me off course. So I am just very prepared to be wrong here. Um, so I looked at the, the eddies, the, mm-hmm. which is the one major precursor. Um, because the two the two big precursors for the editing are um, the BAFTAs, which have a pretty good history of lining up with what ends up winning. Who won BAFTA? No time to die. Great, useless. <laughs> Not. <laughs> um, so I look at the Eddies, and they split it up into drama and comedy. Mm-hmm. And before I actually saw Don't Look Up, um, just because Hank Conwin is like seen as a god in the editing community for right or wrong um i thought he might have been a a big <laughs> i thought he might have been a front runner because mm-hmm. it's the most editing i mean you see don't look up and they're they're just editing for the hell of it <laughs> they're just oh we're gonna add a freeze frame here we're gonna add a graphic here we're gonna add like they just are going nuts yeah, stock footage of animals and all that stuff but it lost the category to tick tick boom so I was like, which again, that's also like a lot of editing, except not quite as, uh, I'll be, yeah, I won't be polite. Quite, not quite as obnoxious. <laughs> True. Um, but you know who won the, for drama, for was the it, uh, Eddie's? Was it, was it King Richard, I believe? Or am King I Richard. Yeah. And now I'm trying to justify how I can have Dune winning when it hasn't won any of these precursors. It didn't win BAFTA and it didn't win at the Eddie's. And in my opinion, the pacing was a little slow. No, you know, the movie is great, but the editing wasn't the showiest part of that. And, and, and Power of the Dog you're talking about? Of uh, Dune. Of Dune. So now I'm just kind of stuck here because I don't know. I want to say, part of me wants to say tick, tick, boom. But um, 
in my mind, I, I just don't, if they didn't dominate anywhere else, it just, I can't imagine only winning editing. Um, so look, I'm going to play it a little safe, but I'm going to go with King Richard. Um, okay. And, and it, I can't justify it. Like what about King Richard is well edited? I, I don't think so. I, I mean, it's, it's, what, it's, what, it's an it, awesome movie, but I, the editing the didn't. Editing doesn't stand out, but you know who thinks the editing stood out? The editing guild. And you know what? So. Maybe, maybe they see something I don't. And I think it's going to be a movie that people generally like. And, you know, after you read the blind ballots and you just hear what people have to say, you know, they, maybe they're not looking at the editing too tight either. They just like that movie. Now nah, I yeah. want to see it win something. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, it, listen, it could have a few words in the night. It's a crowd pleasing sports biopic about a great, uh, a person who helped bring about two iconic legends in the world. So, I mean, I think people found it to be a great crowd pleasing movie. So uh, this could be one that they wanted to awarded to. I know with power of the dog, some people are thinking that maybe, because of everything that's going on with best picture and some of the other categories that maybe this could be the next, the additional win that it racks up on that on Oscar night. So, I mean, I maybe power of the dog wins, but I don't know. I just think with the momentum of Dune, I could see a racking up this award as well. I I don't know. It's just something about it. There's a genuine case to be made for any of these movies. Yeah. I mean, This this is probably one of the tighter categories at a night it'd be great to watch it live yeah <laughs> it, would, it would be honestly that it's not live the editing category you know yeah. um yeah so I, i'm going king richard i am so prepared to be law lo- if i lose this i'll be totally fine with it no, <laughs> no. it'll be tough it'll be tough but i i I'm do think proud. though that with tick to boom i love the editing in that movie because of what that source material is and how tough it was to do what Lin-Manuel Miranda did with the story of it, going back and forth between the actual the play of it, between the story that was going at, going on. I just think the editing in their work, I just don't think there's enough momentum. If Tick, Tick, Boom had six, seven awards nom- for, nominated at the Oscars, I might have it etched up a little bit higher. I just don't think they have the momentum in their favor, the recognition. Other than Andrew Garfield, there's nothing else to support that movie, I feel like. Even if it just had a Best Picture nomination on top yeah. of this, I think I would have been able to justify it. But here we are. Yeah, here we are. Best Film Editing is one of those up-in-the-air categories for this season for sure. But we'll see again what happens. We'll, we'll let you know on Monday whether we were right or wrong on this category. All right, moving on to Best Costume Design. And the nominees in this category are Cruella, Sierno, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Shout out to Sierra. No, I want to say real quick to that movie getting yes. this nomination in this category. It deserved it, but... Did you watch it? I did. I finally did watch it. I did. Yeah, isn't it just amazing? Just yeah. like side note, because I watched it post-nomination. Yep. I was like, wow, I wish any of the Academy got to see this movie, because this is some, like, grade-A stuff. I am so upset that Peter Dinklage didn't get into that actor category. I feel like he definitely would have been up there for nomination. I feel like maybe the picture would have been. It could have gotten a a whole lot of awards. Production design, makeup and hairstyling, it could have been in this a lot more than it actually is, for sure. I can can be such a saucy for for musicals, and this one really, like, it's one of the ones that really got me. Um, And and that all being said, I I think it's going to be Cruella. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Thanks for showing up, Sierra. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's Cruella because um, it's the most costumes and it's 
it's a nice, it's, you know, it's, it's a period piece, but it's a period piece with a twist. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to like that Harry Potter, not Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts win a few years ago, the Black Panther win. Um, I think they're getting a little more genre with this category as well. Um, and I think Cruella, you know, Gatsby, I think they, they like stylized takes on um, genre in this category. And, and that just kind of fits the bill. Um, no offense to, you know, West Side Story, which had some quite memorable costumes. Um, Dune, again, like, you know, sci-fi, it's tough, but I think they were able to create some pretty innovative costumes and some pretty iconic imagery. But yeah, I think it's Cruella at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree with you. I think with Cruella, I mean, when you have a movie that's about the fashion world and you have poppy dresses to go along with it, I think. Oh, no, Sam, much- Gucci didn't get nominated. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Wrong movie. I'm sorry. Wrong movie. Wrong movie. No, okay. no, no. But well, very much Cruella deserves this win. I will say, I think when it comes to best costume design, it's always about, I think, what can pop out the most. Again, and, and Cruella very much does that. I think with Dune, they have some amazing costumes, but I feel like they're all kind of similar to one another. I think the one that I would have gone for here would have been West Side Story as my number two because I love, I mean, the I think the yellow dress will go right alongside the, the purple dress that Rita Moreno did in 61. I think that's as iconic as that one is right now. And you have all the other dresses that Rachel Zegler wore, that Rita Moreno did, the the suits. I think it all, all popped. It was all different. Everyone had a distinct style to them with their costumes. So I think that would have been my number two. But number one, again, it's Cruella. It's going to be Corella winning this one. I think it's a lock for this category for sure. For sure. All right. Moving on now to best cinematography. The nominees in this one are Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, Dune, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Jason, if you were to ask me this on Oscar nomination morning, I think this would have been a slam dunk Dune right away. But I agree. Over the last couple of weeks, this has become a tighter category than I think we all expected it to be. And it's mainly, I think, a competition between Dune for Craig Frazier and the power of the dog. So between those two, or maybe you have another one that could potentially upset, who do you have winning this category in the end? Look, um, I would generally agree with you. I think the power of the dog surge is... Due to that movie, I think kind of losing a little bit of momentum since Oscar morning and people kind of realizing, oh, wow, I don't have this winning a lot of categories. Oh, no, where is this going to (laughs) win? And trying to, like, pick it up. Oh, I guess it could win here. Um, But I still am having it Dune. And for one reason alone, not only is it just a very big, showy movie that deserves to win, um, a little movie, a little indie movie – came out during Oscar voting that was also quite showy with the cinematography also shot by Greg Frazier and that movie was the Batman I'm not sure if you've heard of it I don't think so uh, it's, it's it's with a small indie actor named Robert Pattinson right not not a big deal right just a little guy like that okay. yeah so look that if, if you needed some supplemental material to help secure a win <laughs> There's yeah. worse ways to do it than having, you know, one of the biggest blockbusters of the year. Um, obviously, Batman's not up this year, but... Yeah. Potentially look, next I, year, though. I think, yeah, yeah. Greg Fraser, he just catapulted his name 
in the uh, cinematography community. And yeah, he's right there for Dune. So I think that that pretty much locked it in for him, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, again, it, it got tighter for me, but I still am going to go with Greg Frazier. I think the Batman aspect is very much, you cannot not take that into account. And even though Oscar voting ended before it was released yesterday, which was Thursday at the time of this recording, the Batman, they did release a new additional scene with Robert Pattinson and Barry Keown as his version of the Joker. So that gets people's minds kind of around him. His name keeps popping up in there too, with the style of the camera that he did in that film and just solidified what he was able to do for both of these movies. So I, I agree with you. And just on Dune alone, the way that it was shot, the, the, the imagery is just, it's breathtaking. And the way that every frame is able to have so many different things kind of going on throughout, but still look just amazing. And just every single image is memorable. And I, I think this guy is one going to be one of the, be, the better cinematographers out there. Those DPs where we, every single film kind of like Roger Deakins, where you hear his name associated with it, you're going to be really excited to see what the visuals of that movie is going to look like. So I, I think Greg Frazier wins this. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe next year we hear about that little film known as the Batman <laughs> make its way to the best cinematography category. If it's able to hold up from its March release date. So Greg Frazier all the way. Long year. Yes. Long year ahead, but yeah, but great, great Frazier for the win for Dune this year. All right. Moving on now to best original song, the nominees in these categories and this category, excuse me, are be alive from King Richard, Dos Arguites from Encanto, Down to Joy from Belfast, No Time to Die from No Time to Die, and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Jason, I know people love Beyonce. I know she's an icon, a superstar, and people love to see her on that stage. But you cannot deny No Time to Die. Keep the streak alive. I'm going with Billie Eilish winning her first Oscar for this movie that's been on a perilous journey since 2020 when it was foresaw that this one would be on its way to the Oscar stage in 2021. Well, a year later, it's going to be this year. She will be on that stage with her brother Phineas winning this award. I have no time to die locked in, ready to go. Keep the streak alive for James Bond songs from Skyfall to writing on the wall with Spectre to now this one three in a row for 007. I agree. I totally agree. It's hard to deny it won the Grammy last year against all of the competition from last year's Oscars. They made a huge deal about promoting it. Um, They had her perform at the Oscars right after it came out at the 20 uh, for 2019 and 2020 ceremony. Look, the Grammys can't get enough of her. Um, Look, there's just some of these artists. I think it's very similar to her last year who won. You know, they love their pop girls. <laughs> they do. And, and Billie Eilish, I, no offense to Beyonce, like, you know, ultimate pop girl, but this, this it feels like it's Billie's time. Um, shame Jay-Z wasn't nominated. It would have been cool to have them, compete, Beyonce and Jay-Z competing, but it's, it's yeah. you know, Billie Eilish all the way. And just to kind of go with that real quick, this is the sixth James Bond film song in the franchise to be nominated. The other ones were Live and Let Die from 1973, Nobody Does It Better from The Spy Who Loved Me 
For Your Eyes Only in 81. And then, of course, Skyfall in 2012. And then, of course, Writing on the Wall in 2015 into the 2016 ceremony. So keeping the streak alive. Hopefully we see that happen on Oscar night. This is one of the ones that I am personally rooting for because I love that song so much. And I love Billie Eilish. I just want to see her get that Oscar on that stage. I think for Lin-Manuel Miranda, once again, he's going to have to wait a little bit longer to get the EGOT. Well, if only they submitted the right song, it would have also might've been a pretty, pretty much a no brainer, but eh, I guess you can settle for performing it. I guess so. But you know what? He's still got a long time. He's, he's got many more movies to come that I think he will get that he got solidified in his name and on his resume before long. All right. Moving on now from original song to best original score. And the nominees in this category are don't look up Dune Encanto parallel mothers and the power of the jog. Now, Jason, to me, this is the first category that I can officially say you pick this film and you, you jot it down on your ballot and you don't even think about it for the rest of the night because it's going to win no matter what. It's one of my absolute locks of the night. It is Hans Zimmer winning for Dune. He's winning. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it's actually kind of weird because, you know, you think like Hans Zimmer must have like 90 Oscars. <laughs> you wish. He, really, I think he doesn't. He yeah. actually hasn't won this category in forever. He's just always nominated. Yeah. Um, so this is I think this is his time to finally make his way back on the Oscar stage. I know he had a big moment before we were alive with the Lion King. Um, I think, yeah, I think he's back in a big way. Um, you know, I wouldn't I don't know if it's my biggest lock in the night, but. Because I can see Power of Dog potentially since there's only one Johnny Greenwood score nominated. And, you know, he's he's overdue as well. Um, I can see them potentially giving it to that. But no, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It, so I'm just thing, playing devil's advocate over here because you keep picking what I have. And I, I just want to make it interesting, even though <laughs> I don't want to say on record. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll make it interesting a little bit, though. I, th- I think in the next couple of, of, of categories will be very interesting. We'll see. But. Yeah. But this one, I think we're again, it seems like we're in lockstep. It's just when again, like I said, and, and the, the crazy thing is we're not going to see him in the live broadcast. Unfortunately, we're not going to see it in the live broadcast. It's going to be pre-recorded. Sorry, Hans Zimmer. You're I not know. cool enough. You're not cool enough. You're not just one of the most prestigious scorers, musicians in the movie business right now. So we're just going to brush you off to the side. So. We're getting real musicians. Exactly. We're getting DJ Khaled out there. <laughs> We're going to get Sean White out there on the stage and Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah. Tony Hawk's going to skateboard and do an ollie. Everyone's going to freak out. <laughs> During We Don't Talk About Bruno, too. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be crazy. This is what the people want. Exactly. The true people want. All right. Moving on to Best Documentary Feature. The nominees are Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, and Writing with Fire. Jason, you look at these nominees. Is it Summer of Souls to win, or could another one win this award? Who do you have winning Best Documentary Feature? Oscars will look at a category with all of the fattest movies. Documentary is always like every award will always break your heart. You just look at and every year it's like there's either three or four movies that just absolute heartbreakers. And it was similar with that last year. And then there's one. And that's pretty fun. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, I like that one. You know, last year, it's like we had time. And it's like, oh, this is so sad. And then there's like octopus teachers. Oh, 
the octopus teacher that's so fun and it's on netflix and it's so bright and colorful um and you can kind of see where i'm going with this mm-hmm. you know do we want to see a movie about a pesky prison riot or you know uh we have to flee a war-torn country or do we want to see like fun music i think you want to see fun music and you know what after embarrassing quest love having him dj that awful ceremony last year i think you owe him at least one oscar yeah um, I agree so with yeah that. and i also love something i think it would be very well deserved yeah and what a journey for quest love though from where we started out as just a musician i believe on late nights uh, a late night stand-up i believe right with the roots well, well before late night, he was with the Roots. Um, so, you know, this legendary 90s rap group. And you're like, oh, he's going to win an Oscar. Is it for song? No, it's not for score. No, it's for documentary feature. Like, no, nah, he's a legit director. And, you know, he you know, he really put himself into that movie. Um, not literally, but um, you, you could just tell how much passion there was. And, you know, he's a very smart guy, knows a lot about music history and really translated. Um, so I think that's a really cool, um, a real, really cool movie. And I really think it deserves to win. Um, so that's my pick. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think Summer of Soul is winning this. Again, it, it was fun. It was interesting. And I think it also it brought to light something that I don't think a lot of people knew about. And I think that's what's great about documentary features is you get some of the big dramatic ones, but you want to find ones that you don't know anything about. And you want to hear the real life story of how it all came together. And then knowing that there was all this stock footage and for Questlove to actually put it all together, depending on how much there is, and presented in the way that it was presented in. I, it, again, like you said, it was fun. It was entertaining. It was educational. It was insightful. And I think that's what people want to go for with documentary feature. And again, like you said, redeem Questlove for the atrocity of having to close out the Oscars last year after the bundle that happened between Oscar and Best Picture. You just basically had him say goodnight and then roll the credits and then fade to black on, on the whole thing. And the last thing we remember is Questlove saying goodnight. So hopefully this time we see Questlove again on that stage with the golden statue accepting for Best Documentary Feature. All right, moving on now to... Best animated feature, and the nominees in this category are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. Jason, for the longest time, I thought this was going to actually be a competition, a two legged yeah, race. It seemed like that. <laughs> it seemed like that at the beginning. It picked up a little bit of steam after the, I believe it was the, the Annie Awards. And it was between Kanto and the Mitchell versus the Machines. And I thought this could potentially be Lord and Miller once again usurping Disney, whether it was Pixar or Walt Disney Animation, and winning this award potentially and being the front runner. And they almost did it with the Annie Awards. They had a big night there. They had a big night at the Critics' Choice Awards. But I do think between We Don't Talk About Bruno, the the other songs that are on th- this, this movie, there's just so much momentum for it that I think it's hard to go against it. And I think Encanto will be another win for Disney in this category. And this will be the film that wins best animated feature. Do you agree? Or do you think Mitchell versus machines pulls off the upset? Or is this another, uh, another film that wins it? What if I have Luca winning, Sam? If you have Luca winning, then you are a genius. If it pulls out the win, my friend. I know I'd be really smart, but I'd also be really dumb because it's obvious. No, it would um, not be dumb. Re- I mean, it's Pixar. Mitchell- you can't deny Pixar. Mitchell's is a very legit contender. Um, 
for the main reason being it's my favorite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But for the actual reasons of, yeah, it did sweep the Annie's. Worth noting, the Annie's are famously anti Disney. <laughs> very true. Very, very um, true. And it won Critics' Choice Award, which is nice. Um, do you know how many members of that <laughs> award you'll get to vote for the Oscars? I believe it's, it's, there's a, it's a big donut hole. Yeah. Big donut. So it's doing really well with people that don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, no offense to the Annie's. Those are professionals. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Encanto is nominated in two other categories. It's a huge cultural movement. Um, and Disney's been promoting the hell out of it because what else do they have to promote? Um, I mean, I guess they have, you know, West Side Story or whatever, but I guess if, if they, they feel like promoting it, if they feel like promoting it, I guess that they do. Every day of Oscar voting, I believe, maybe the last week it changed, but I believe pretty much every day of Oscar voting, the number one song in the country was We Don't Talk About Bruno. If that movie was not at the forefront of your mind during that period, um, you were living under a rock. So, yeah, yeah that's my my logic for having it. And just think about it. We, we have all these other songs going on. There's going to be two songs from that movie premiering. You're going to have the one that's nominated for Best Original Song, and then... Because they, because, and I can't blame, we can't blame Disney for it because they didn't know we don't talk about Bruno was going to be the phenomenon that it was, but they said, we got to put this song in there. You know, because of I, how can popular it is. I, I can blame, I can blame Disney for that. That was stupid. Disney. It was like this, this song is the one that needs to be in it. Not, 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 not the other song. It's like Moana again. It's Moana all over again for them. Because Lin Manuel has even said it's like, listen, we can go for the one that's going to be the bigger hit, which was "You're Welcome," or it was "How Far I'll Go," which they said was the heart of the movie. No, I, I think "How Far I'll Go" was the right choice there. It was. I mean, it, it was a it was a lovely performance. I mean, who wouldn't want to see The Rock perform on the Oscar stage? But it was the better song overall, though. The "How uh, Far I'll Go." Yes, but again, Encanto, I think is going to win this one. I think it very well. As much as I love Mitchell versus Machines, and I agree with you, it was one of my favorites of 2021. I, I can't, again, you can't deny Encanto, and I think it is a, a great Disney animated film. I, it really, really is. It's different. It's new. It's culturally diverse. It's everything that you would want there to be within a Disney film. All right, moving on now to Best International Feature. The nominees in this category are Drive My Car, Flea, The Hand of God. Luna, a yak in the classroom, and the worst person in the world. Now, Jason, what do you have winning this one? Because to me, I was a little conflicted on this one. It, it took me a couple of minutes to finally come down to a winner. Did, what, was it a little was it a little easier for you? Did you put this one down and you knew right away what you think is going to win, or was this one a little bit more difficult for you as well? I look at Drive My Car in Best Picture, in Best Director, in Best Screenplay. And then I say, okay. And then I check it off in international. And it's just that easy to me. Now, Worst Person in the World is nominated for original screenplay. And I want to just say, Worst Person in the World, that's like a top three movie of 2021 for me. I, I think that movie is absolutely incredible. I, I, I made a lot of, I was very emotional in that movie. I think I felt just about every possible emotion I could feel while watching that i thought it was such a uh unique human story and i'm I'm just ecstatic for it to be getting any recognition um yeah i watched drive my car and i actually really enjoyed that too um also very emotional um and clearly the academy loves it because it uh, became a bit of a smash hit for them uh so i i don't see anything else winning i i think i think japan's got it 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Drive My Car has this one in tow because of the nomination tally that it was able to have. I did consider Worst Person in the World because of that original screenplay nomination, but three against one nominations, you got to go with the one that has the, the more the bigger tally. And that of yes. course is drive my car. So again, Japan is going to put this one in the bag and that's a great underdog story. Cause this wasn't neon picking up this one. This wasn't even a smaller well-known studio. This was a studio that nobody knew about whatsoever. Film, Janus films. Yeah. They're, they're big in the movies that don't get nominated for Oscar community. True. True. But I think in, 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 in the long run, this was one that nobody even had on their radar and it just helped for the palm d'or. It's worth it, noting. Well, yeah, but but it was the the critics' choice, the the critics' awards, the critics' circles that I think got this one into the the awards race as a serious legit contender in some of these categories, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, it won New York, LA, and National Film Critics Association. That's some pretty good branding. So congrats to driving my car. Yeah, it seems like they are well in hand to get that Oscar win. All right, now it's time to move on to the big boys, Jason. We're moving to the big leagues now. It, we're coming down to the final stretch. We're going get, to get started with the screenplay awards now. You ready? We're going to kill this. All right, let's do this. Okay, so we're going to start out with probably the biggest one of the night that could be very telling for best picture. And that, of course, is best adapted screenplay. And the nominees in this category are Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Jason, I, like I said before, this could be the one that ends up being very telling during the ceremony for what could end up bringing home the Best Picture nomination. Now, for me, it's between Coda and The Power of the Dog. And... This is one of only three nominations for CODA. Do you think this is the beginning of a potential run for CODA and Best Adapted Screenplay, or do you think it goes to Jane Campion for Power of the Dog in this, or do you have something else winning this award in the end? What do you have locked into your ballot, my friend? You'll, you'll hear me say this a lot with this category. They don't vote with their brain. They vote mm -hmm. with their heart. Very cute. They vote with their heart. They vote for the movie that makes them feel the warmest inside. Um, and and think that's kind of speaks for itself this year. What's the, the crowd pleaser in this category? The power of the it's, dog. It's yes. I mean, look, <laughs> we all have our own definitions of uh of joy. If you know, if if anything you saw in the power of the dog made you happy, maybe you should reassess some things, but yeah, it's Coda. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think they'll see, oh my that was so sweet. What a nice movie they wrote. Check. Very easy to like. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's it, it, it's just a cute, I should I don't even want to say cute. It's an endearing story that everyone can relate to. And the, 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 there's not big direction in that film. There's not, there's great performances, but I think the big key component is in the story of that movie. And that all comes from the screenplay, from the words. And so I think people are wondering, well, how come the director for, for Coda isn't nominated in best director when it's getting all this love right now? But I, I do think that she is in the right category with screenplay. And I think that is how they award her and for what she was able to do because she did a really good job directing it. But again, it wasn't a big flashy directing movie like 
West Side Story. And we'll talk about director in, in a little bit, but I just want to yeah. kind of relate it to where it's not flashy like Power of the Dog or even Dune, which Denny Villeneuve wasn't even nominated for, or Steven Spielberg, but it was within the writing that she did a lot of her work and it was impressive. And I think that's why Coda will be nominated and win for Best Adapted Screenplay. So you and I are, are locked into this again. I think I, I think this could be another, this could be the start of a special run for Coda. We'll get into the other categories in a little bit, but this is going to be one that's very telling for the top dog category when it comes to the ending with best picture, but we both have Coda right now that we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I want it to win. I really want Coda to have a really good night. So we'll see what happens. Anything else to add to this one before we move on? Not really. All right. This next one though, this one, I can see a splitting, a splitting apart here. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. All right. So let's get into it. Best original screenplay. And the nominees are Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. So, Jason, I'm going to let you go first on this one to see see where you went. But this one could go in a few directions. You're going to be shocked. I think you know what I'm going to say. I have a feeling. I don't know. But I think it's not. I I think I'm going to go against what you think. I'm going to go with Belfast. Okay. I don't know if that's what you had. Was that what you was that your prediction for my prediction? Yeah. No, no. no. I thought licorice pizza for a sec. I did think licorice pizza for a sec. I really did. Because I was going to pick licorice pizza up until like this weekend when it lost WGA to don't look up. Yep. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. (laughs) That's that was a bad loss on top of there being some generally pretty I don't want to say awful because I think it's, you know, it's among industry heads, but there's not great press going on around the movie with some of the, uh, the controversies regarding its portrayal of Asian people. I think that picks off enough people already. A lot of people I can imagine having issues with the movie period. Um, and just, I'm just looking at all these little caveats. Well, you know, no, it's not for everyone. It, it, then I see Belfast, but that is for everyone. And, you know, it can, it's, they're both in similar positions. They're both, someone's going home with a big donut, you know, again, someone's going 0 and 12 or 0 and 11, whatever Paul Thomas Anderson is, or 0 and 8. What, like, yeah, well, uh, well, I mean, if you count all three that he's nominated for this year, it would be 0 and 11. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think at the end of the day, Someone's going to go home with a lot of nominations and no win. Um, I think it's going to be Kenneth Branagh um, because I think when else I, I really think this might be his last shot and they love nominating Paul Thomas Anderson. And I just see a lot of them being, look, he deserves an Oscar, but is he really going to get his Oscar for this? If they have an issue with it, I, I don't know that, that WG, that WGA loss was pretty bad. And that was when it was not up against Belfast. And I just think Belfast added in the mix. I don't think it changes things. I think only more people go and vote for Belfast. Where do you think I'm going to go with original screenplay? I think you're going to go with licorice pizza. Well, my friend, you and I are on the same wavelength because I did go with Belfast. Last oh, night, damn. I went, I went with, agreeing my, with me. I know. I listened. I went. I I looked at it last night. I was gonna go with it, but I started thinking about it, and I was just. I, I was thinking to myself again. It, to me, it comes down to momentum, and 
along with the controversies of Liquor's Pizza with the WGA loss that it had. I just think Liquor's Pizza has lost a lot of steam since it debuted in December. And I think over, even though Belfast has kind of lost some steam here and there, it's picked some back up in the last week or so with the, the, the BAFTAs and the WGA, it's still, it's still in there. Even when we talk about best picture, it's still in a lot of people's top three contention for winning the award for best picture. I still, I still think it's in a lot of people's minds. And I think if they, if they're going to award that film for something, it's going to be in this category for Kenneth Branagh for this movie. I think again, liquors PTA will have uh, some other great films. And I, and I, I know there are a lot of issues with Licorice Pizza. It's still one of my favorite films of 2021, but I think there's other films out there that he can win for in the future. But I think with Belfast, considering the what, how connected it is for for Kenneth Branagh that it is about his childhood and and showcasing an era like that in, in a different part of the world, I just think it, it's connected to a lot of people. And if they want to award it for a category, it will be this. And so I see Belfast winning this one. It, it was up in the air for me last night. Cause I, I, first I thought licorice pizza without a doubt, but then as I started thinking about it, I, I just, I had to go with my heart and it, and it went with, I had to go with my mind and a little bit of my heart. And it went to Belfast in the end. What do you, you gotta go with your heart, Sam. That's what the voters go with. You gotta think with your heart. The Too bad we don't kid. have a Coda in original screenplay though. Yeah. If only Coda was nominated twice. <laughs> I know we couldn't do it, which actually, honestly, I thought for the longest time, I thought Coda was an original screenplay until it was nominated. I, it, it it I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I might've been something like that. I don't know, but still either way, I think Belfast is winning this for original screenplay. Unfortunately, it won't be don't look up. It won't be King Richard. It won't be licorice pizza and it won't be worst person in the world. All right. I say never say. <laughs> exactly. Never, never say never. But I think in this case, we can definitely potentially say, Never for that for PTA right now in this category. All right. Moving on to the acting categories now, Jason. So we're into the major leagues. We're going to start off with best actress in a supporting role. Are you ready for this one? This is it's, it's, it's coming down to the wire now. This is this is it. All right. Moving on to best actress in a supporting role. The nominees are Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBoe for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjanoon Ellis for King Richard. Jason, this is one that I think is a is a little bit of a of a lock. I think Ariana DeBose is has been the front runner. She has been the one that has been defying all the odds and winning for a role that was iconic in 1961 with Rita Moreno. And on the 60th or so anniversary of this movie coming out, of the 61 film coming out, I believe Ariana DeBoe is going to be on that stage in the Dolby Theater accepting the award for Best Supporting Actress for a role that was already beloved and has been beloved once again by a new rendition of this category. She deserves it. She is someone that I am personally rooting for. I cannot wait to see her get this award and just see all the hard work she put into it and being the face of West Side Story's award season run. It's all going to cap off with her getting the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. To you, my friend, what do you say? Yeah, You're, everything you said, I second it. Um, I, and I don't really even know who the second place person is. She really had a surprisingly clean sweep when we were a little unsure before. Um, maybe some people have issues. Oh, and we already awarded this performance. Yeah, but you didn't award this performance. So... If it's worthy, it's worthy. Uh, and people love the movie. It seemed pretty obvious to me. I think 
earlier on, Kirsten Dunst might've been a little bit of a, of a competitor because of, of how much momentum the power of the dog was getting. But uh, again, I think Ariana DeBose defied that expectation of this is a role that was already beloved. Why are we awarding it again? It just speaks to her work in it and how much of a, of a, re- of a new rendition she made with this character. And I think, again, I'll, I'll always, I think a lot of people remember Rita Moreno in that role, but I think for newer generations, they can look to Ariana DeBose's performance and it's that powerful of a performance that she's able to be spunky and determined, but heartbroken and vulnerable and all these different things, along with acting and dancing and singing, she's got it all. And she deserves this performance. She deserves this accolation and this win. It's the role that we've been waiting to see from her and she delivered in spades and it ends, I think with an Oscar for her on Sunday night. I cannot wait. I really, really cannot wait for her to win that award. Hopefully. All right. And just to kind of go over real quick, I did find some, some record things when it comes to, to Ariana DeBeau real quick, because it, it is, it is pretty big where it is. She's a first time nominee. And I believe she'll be the first Latin Latin Afro Latina queer woman to win that award in that category. I believe at the same time too, I think it'll be the first time. I, that, I mean, that adds up to me. Yeah. So I, that it would be a history history breaking win for her on Oscar night. All right, moving on to best actor in a supporting role, and the nominees in this category are Siren Hins for Belfast, Troy Kotzer for Coda, Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith McPhee for The Power of the Dog. Jason, I think for the longest time, we always thought Cody might be the one to pull this one off. And I know we had a whole discussion about it. I was I so sure. And and we thought for a sec that this could be the one that maybe Troy could could upset Cody in this, or and it might happen, it might not. But one night can change it all. And I think that night was a SAG award for the changing of the of the guard in this category. And I think in the end, Troy Coates is going to win this award. Do you do you agree with me on there? Do you think maybe there's Cody could pull this out? There is a benefit to not having a pandemic award show, and that is that we have the actors out there in person campaigning. Something that unfortunately Paul Racy didn't have last year. Um, and people said, well, you know, if he only people got to see him, people would have loved him. Well, not to say that they're the same performance, they're not. This, this is worth noting, obviously. Very different performances. Um, that being said, it's hard not to make the comparison, and he's just been killing it. He's just been coming across as charming, and his speeches have been phenomenal. Everyone, everyone sees him. Everyone's talking about him, and it's a movie that's also having an up, you know, upward trajectory. Um, so yeah, Troy Kotzer, I think. Again, people are looking at it. When's the next time we're ever going to be able to give it to him? And. We don't really know. So I'm um, sorry, Cody Smith McPhee, you know, you're 25. So you've got plenty of time left. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think Coaster's got this in the back. And Troy Coaster is actually the second deaf actor to be nominated after his co-star from Coda, Marley Matley, was the yes. first one to be nominated in 1986 for Children of a Lesser Guy, which she won the Oscar for lead actress. So that would be pretty cool, kind of like a full circle moment for both of them playing a mother and father in Coda and seeing him win his first award. I think that would be pretty cool, pretty cool as well. So I'm all in for Troy Kozer, man. I, I, I after seeing the, the film a second time, he's just, he's funny and he's endearing and it's emotional, especially that scene with, with, in the car. Of course, I think when we talk about Oscar moments that 
when we think about the clips that they're probably going to show, that's probably going to be the one that is going to be on the, the telecast. And it's, it's beautiful, but heartbreaking. And he, he, he just killed it. He absolutely killed that performance. So I'm very happy for him. Yes, absolutely. Right. Moving on to best actor. So I'm, I'm going to leave actress for the, for the end. That's going to be the last one we do for, for the oh, end. That's so smart, Sam. I know we got to keep the people in suspense. Have things to say. Let's get this out the way. I think right. unfortunately, not unfortunately, yeah. maybe unfortunate for you. This one's pretty locked up. All right. We'll get to it. All right. We'll get into it right now. Best actor in a leading role. The nominees in this category are Javier Bardem, Javier Bardem excuse me, for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, and Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. I'm locking in Andrew Garfield to win this award, Jason. No, I'm just kidding. It's Will Smith winning this award. Andrew Garfield after the SAG. It, uh, to, to, Looking into to a much parallel momentum. universe where he could say that unironically. <laughs> What's that? You're just looking at a parallel universe where you can unironically say it's a lock for Andrew Garfield. I know. I'm looking at the multiverse. I want. I want my multiverse with Andrew Garfield. But <laughs> the multiverse no. with him holding his Oscar. I know. Another uh, time, though. Another time. This is Will Smith. Yeah. Story. Yeah. This year, this in this universe, it's Will Smith all the way. I mean, clean sweep from start to finish. It might be if Andrew Garfield, win, but he's not going to win anywhere. No. It's sad. I mean, he won the Globe. He that did, but, but I would, you know that how the goals are with the categories. Come on. Um, look, Will Smith won BAFTA. And once I thought, I was like, oh, he's like, he's not just. He's dominating. He's in front. He's way in yes. front. Yeah. I mean, he, he's lapping people. <laughs> he's, he's a runaway favorite. It's, it's his time. It would be big because he produced a movie as well. And only a few people have produced themselves to an Oscar win. Um, and I think we will get one, maybe two of those um, on Sunday night. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. It's it's a heartwarming movie. He plays a very likable character. And, you know, I know he technically is probably going to be a contender again next year for Emancipation, but people haven't seen him in this kind of role in a while. And people kind of forgot he was like this kind of actor and, I think it's just the narrative is all there for him. I think he's got it. Yeah, no, I agree. And even though Denzel wasn't as big of a contender as he was, it would be in the 2000s when it was between him and Will Smith for, I believe it was training day and Ali. I believe that was yeah. when they went up against each other. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not between those two, like it was back then, but I'm sure for Will Smith, it's special that he'll probably win in a category that includes Denzel in there for his role in the tragedy of Macbeth. And I think everything that he's gone through between everything that happened in 2015 with concussion and the controversy of him not getting the, the award there. And that was kind of one of the sparks for the Oscar. So white campaign, I think years coming off of that, the Academy to finally give him this award. I know people will consider it to be a, Oh, this is a career Oscar for him. And you certainly can look at it that way, but also this is a role that he is very deserving to win. As much as I love Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson, I think, again, I think any other year where Will Smith is not in this category, he is a front runner and winning it. He is having the kind of award season run that Will Smith is having. I think if Will Smith was not, if King Richard does not come out this year, but Will Smith was tremendous as Richard Williams. He deserves this Oscar. He's incredible in this. I think if we talk about Hall of Fames and we get into sports terms where you need sometimes you need championships to kind of get into the hall of fame and get into those all time great categories and conversations. I think when we talk about acting, this is the last thing that he needs to get up on that pedestal. I think 
And again, it's for it's for a great role. He's ha- like you said, he's going to have some great names coming in the next couple of years. So this could not be the last time that we see him at the Dolby Theater. So I'm very excited to see Will Smith get that award. And it's going to be a great speech. I think it's going to be endearing. Hopefully he's not cut off at the, you know, how it is at the very end of those of those award shows. So we'll see. But he's very much deserving. This, of this award. And we know it's not the last. It's not the last award this year. <laughs> yes, it's not. It is not there. They're clearly going to be. Do you think they'll ever do that again? I'm, I'm uh, no, no. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you saw last year, but it actually went very poorly. <laughs> yeah, it kind of did. Just, just, just a smidge, just a little smidge of a of a, of a side really step. Did not go well. <laughs> no, but they seem like they've at least learned their lesson on that front when it comes to, to to that area. All right, now moving on to probably the second or probably the biggest conundrum of the night. Would you say that, Jason, or would you still give best picture that, or would you say this is the category? Uh, this is. This one still got me the most stumped. <laughs> yeah, this is the one that is a wild card. All five women in this category could win this award, and we don't know who's going to win it. So we're going to get into it right now to see who we think is going to be winning and best actress in a leading role. And the nominees in this category are Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and Kristen Stewart for... Spencer, Jason, this has been when we talk about award season being a roller coaster. This category has been up and down, left and right. Kristen Stewart's a front runner at one point. Then it's Nicole Kidman. Then it's Jessica Chastain. And Lady Gaga. And Lady Gaga. <laughs> Who do you think wins this award in the end? And will it be someone that we're not expecting to win this category? Jason Abdel. Who is your person that will be named on the Dolby Theater and will walk up there to take that statue on Sunday night? It legitimately is just as hard to pick the number one in this category as it is to pick the number five. Yep. It's just that kind of thing. If any of these names got called, I would be like, yeah, I see that. Um, Look. The only one, like literally up until last week, I'm like, look, anyone but Penelope Cruz would win. And then this week, everyone's like, actually, Penelope Cruz is surging and she could win it. And I was like, what? What am I going to do? What's I, so what do I have to go off of? Being the Ricardos is nominated for other awards. She won the Globe there. But that's it. That was pretty important. She didn't win um, the SAG for that. So I think that almost disqualified her, Nicole Kidman. Because um, it's like you're an actor playing an actor. And the yeah. actors were like, eh. Okay, well, I, I feel like that's a pretty a pretty big red flag for that. Um, and, you know, I can imagine a few nice goodie bags going to the Golden Globes on the behalf of Amazon yeah. for that performance. Um, look, Spencer, the big critic darling that finally made it in, didn't even win Critics' Choice Award. Wasn't nominated for SAG or BAFTA. And look, it would have been so easy for them to just give it to her. But I just don't think enough people are watching. It's the only nomination for that movie. It's the only movie in... It's the only performance in a movie only nominated in one category. Um, It's really tough to justify that. Because that's a real... As we saw it with Vanessa Kirby last year. It's really hard to overcome that hurdle. Unless you're really, like, transcendent. Which, you know, Kristen Stewart, no, you know, she might be um, to a lot of people, but 
So I, at the end of the day, I, I think I'm going to go with Jessica Chastain. She's got a narrative. She's overdue. Um, you know, people people know she's going to win an Oscar one day. And, you know, I think it just kind of fell in her lap. Like, oh, it can't be Kristen Stewart. It can't be Kidman. Lady Gaga is not nominated. I guess I guess it's here. Because she actually wasn't even guaranteed the nomination. A lot of people had her at six or seventh um, before Oscar morning. Um, and you know what? There's like I said, the precedent was the lead actor slash actress in makeup, and I think it's pretty sure gonna win makeup. So why not have it be Chastain? I would love for it to be Kristen Stewart. So so I want to go with my heart so so badly on this. I think she was transcendent in that movie she gave the performance of her career uh, one of the best performances of the year we're gonna but, look back in this moment in shame in 10 years like, we could have had that <laughs> yeah it's like what are you what are you doing sam what are you talking about but i just think i would i wanted to pick her so so badly but when we do this when we pick our ballads and we go in our predictions, we got to go for the most part, 95% of the time, we got to go with our heads more than our hearts. 95% of the time. Sometimes they you want them. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you want both of them to align. And I wanted to go against my brain so badly on this, but unfortunately I could not do that. I understand with, especially on the international side, I feel like the international side of the Academy doesn't get the credit that it deserves of how big it actually of a voting body part it is. I think that's why we're hearing a lot of search for Penelope Cruz right now. So that it wouldn't surprise me if maybe that pulls it out in the end. I think Nicole Kidman lost a lot of steam. Same thing with Olivia Coleman. I wanted it to be a, a match between Kristen and, and Jessica, but like you, I wish we could argue, but in the end, I do think Jessica Chastain has this. I mean, she was incredible as Tammy Faye. I can't, the, the film itself was okay, but she was, she really elevated that film. It reminds me a lot of, of Judy with Renee Zellweger and the fact that okay movie, but elevated by a phenomenal performance by her. And again, when we talk about the makeup, it helps, but the way that she, she, the voice and the mannerisms and, and the way that she acts with it, you feel for that character. And it's all really kind of done by her. And, and she's a, she's a beloved Oscar darling. I mean, she was nominated for the help as best supporting actress. She was nominated in zero dark 30 the year after for best actress. So she has history with them. And, and uh, again, I think that this is the year, surprisingly, that she will get that award. And I think she's going to be winning in the end, best best actress in a leading role. I wouldn't be surprised if Penelope Cruz pulls that up again because of what I said with the international body of the Academy being so big. But I think in the end, Jessica Chastain will have the more overwhelming support for that film. And also the 355. Oh, yeah, you can't, you can't deny that. I think that really did help push her foot. just push her up the neck. Well, I guess Penelope Cruz too. That's true. Or is it that? Well, yeah. Or is it? The, I was gonna say. Or is it the fact that it brings one of them down? But it's 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 not a it's not an Eddie Murphy scenario for uh. For no, unfortunately, the three five five was so insignificant. I don't even think it would have a bad impact. I don't think just so. <laughs> it wasn't even marketed enough to have a bad impact. They just released that bad boy and put it out there. All they yeah, did. Just, just and said, no, I want to win my Oscar, please. Exactly. exactly. Put put all put all the support on Tammy Faye, which is again, when I go on Hollywood Reporter, when I go on a lot of these trade sites, I see Tammy Faye 
FYCs. I see the ads up there. So they're pushing this thing as hard as they possibly can. I've seen some, some for Spencer, but everywhere I go, I see a lot of Tammy Faye ones. So I think she's got this one in the bag. I think this is Jessica Chastain's year. Surprisingly, because I don't think a lot of people had her maybe to get nominated, but I don't think they had her winning this in September and October. When that no, because there out. was a Kristen Stewart right there. I know, I know, I know. It's Still just right there, guys. You can do it. It's not, it's literally too late, but you could do it. I know. I just, I don't think a lot of people went for that film. It's just, I don't know why. Maybe it was a film itself. I don't know. I, I just don't know. Look, I, well, I, I, cause I, I naturally went around recommending it to everybody. Like, guys, yes, so did Spencer, I. You gotta see it. Yeah. It and my... then everybody, everybody who I recommended it to, except for you, of course, Sam. I know. Uh, most of it, like it was like eighty percent of the people who saw it, like, "Wow, that was awful! I can't believe you made me watch the most boring movie ever." I, I was enthralled. Like, wow, by the movie. I, I feel like I'm on on a different planet. But I guess a lot yeah. of people had their issues with it. Glad get, she's there. Like to me, this would be nominated for screenplay. This would be nominated for production design, costume, picture, costume, score, cinematography. Yeah, I don't understand it. I, there, this should have been up for like at least eight categories. Yeah. Oscars. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I really don't know where this film went awry. Even for her, I, I really don't know where, where it went wrong. I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm very curious to get their mindset on on where they just disconnected with the film entirely. So well, I, we, we, may, we may never know, but unfortunately, we're going to have to wait another time for Kristen Stewart to get a potential Oscar win. Will not happen with this movie, but can't always win them, I guess. He can't always win them. All right. So we both have Jessica Chastain, Jason. After everything, after all the thinking and theorizing, we have Jessica Chastain locked in for that Can category. Can we disagree in one of these last two categories? I need a – well, we're not – we're not going to disagree for director. Maybe we will. Maybe maybe we'll. I'll, I'll go against the grain for this one. Huh? We, 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 we talk about movies together too much. We're in the same headspace. <laughs> I know. We are. We, we think too much alike at some points. All right. Maybe maybe I'll go against the grain on director for you, just for just for arguments. Yeah, change it right now. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go in gold derby while I name the cat, not while I name the nominees. Okay, best director and the nominees in this category are Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, Rocio Humagashi for Drive My Car, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Jason, going against the grain here. Do I'm going to go with Paul Thomas Anderson for Lakers Pizza. No, I'm kidding. You I'm can't kidding. take it back. You can't take it back. No, no, no. I'm Damn, going Steven so Spielberg. I'm going Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Give it to Damn, him. you're wrong. I'm wrong? What do you mean I'm yeah, wrong? It's going to be Jane Campion, Sam, because she's won everything. Yeah. I actually, has, she, has she lost anything? She she hasn't. I mean, ever since the, precur- like the pre-precursors and like, September, October, and even December, November, she's been winning every single one of them. She's not only winning everything. I mean, she might have lost one of the director races in one of the critic circles, one of the things I don't that don't think actually so. matter. Maybe once or twice. She won DGA. She won Critics' Choice. She won the Globe. She won the BAFTA. I mean, you can just kind of go down the list. The only thing going against her is she made the really dumb Serena and Venus comments at the Critics' Choice Awards. Yeah. And you know what? Nobody cares. Exactly. Because no one's going to stop. Win. No one's going to say, for your punishment, you're not getting an Oscar win. It's just like last year. And you know what? This is going to be great to have Chloe Zhao be able to give. Then, you know, it's the first time a woman will be able to pass down yeah. the Oscar to another woman in this category. Yeah. It'll and be- that's great. 
And um, she deserves it. The third ever woman to win the best director. I mean, yeah. how crazy is that? And That's- I mean, you know, props to the Oscar. Cause I think like 50% of all women nominated for best director have been in like the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, so look, we're making slow progress guys. It might not feel like it. It, it might not be fair yet, but we're getting there. I mean, but, it's, 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 it's fair though, in the sense that the, the, for the, for the first time, it's going to be consecutive women, which is big. It's for a film like power of the dog. That's it, pretty big. So and you know, it. And, and it's not, and, and we also got to note the, the three movies that I have, if, if assuming Jane Campion wins, you look at the movies that are winning this category. I don't know if you consider this a good or a, a positive or a negative, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, you look at Hurt Locker, Power to Dog, and Nomadland, n- n- maybe with the exception of Nomadland, just because of the female lead, none of those movies feel particularly feminine. They really don't. They don't. They and I think, way. and you know, and maybe that's like, it's a positive and negative, maybe like, oh, well, you know, they only win, you know, women can only win best director when they make a movie for men. <laughs> I think it goes to show that it doesn't really matter what gender you are. Yeah. Um, if you make a good movie, they're going to recognize you and it's I mean, going to translate. I mean, I don't think anyone's watching power to dog. And they're like, you know, this is a good movie, but we should award it because a woman directed it. You yeah. know, it's not, it do, it's like, no, this movie is just objectively phenomenal. And, you know, Jane Campion is an expert in her craft and it translates on screen and she hasn't made a movie in years and she comes back and it's like, where have you been? It doesn't really feel like you took a long gap. I've made this movie for you. Here you go. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to see her win. The question now is depending on what happens to best picture, is this it? This she would be, if theoretically power to dog, we don't have it winning any of the technical categories. If it doesn't win uh-huh. Best Picture, yet it feels like a lock for Best Director, it would be the first movie to only win Best Director since The Graduate. It's kind of crazy. I mean, that's why I'm saying for screenplay, like that could be a huge indicator because if if it if, wins screenplay, it wins picture. Yeah, I think it gets all three. So it's it, it it's very very interesting, which is why. Well, for it me, real quick, I just want to say I was joking about the other two. I think Jane Campion is winning the power for the power of the dog. That it's it's a lock check it off don't even think about it ever again but going but but leading into best picture though it's going to be interesting because it's what's crazy is that you might have somebody who wins best director but nothing else wins for that but you honor her for her craft but you didn't nominate denny villeneuve who everything else around him gets nominated but the person who spearheaded the whole (laughs) thing doesn't get nominated it's it's like a it's it's like a just it's like an opposite day kind of thing where one person wins, but nothing else wins, and it's so everything wild. else is nominated, and one person doesn't get nominated. I don't know. I think every crazy thing that I predict for the awards, it's like, well, my logic is that Daniel Villeneuve was not nominated, so therefore all of this can be crazy. Because, like, how did that happen? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But, like, clearly we're not thinking with logic here. No. With the Academy, uh, whoever thinks logically, honestly. Really. Other than us. Who do we do those things logically? Nobody, right? Nobody thinks logically. All right. Moving on now to the final category of the night, transitioning over now to best picture. The creme de la creme, the one everyone will be looking forward to, the 500 of us that are still watching 
1130 at night or wherever else you may be watching in the country or around the world. And the creme de la creme, the big award of the night will be awarded to one of these 10 pictures. So we're going to get into all 10 nominees right now. And the nominees in this category are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. So Jason, this is another toss-up where it could go to potentially three or four films on the night. Is the little engine that could, that starts with a C, that ends in an A, win this award? Or is it one of the other four films, such as West Side Story, uh, you have Power of the Dog, Belfast. Could it be one of those, or could it be the film that nobody even had winning this category, let alone a month ago, win this award with only three nominations in Coda? Or is it going to be another one? Is it going to be another film? You might not remember this, but I just out of curiosity, when you did your rankings for um, Best Picture the night before the Oscars. Um, where did you have Coda on your 10 for, for Oscar? Like for the, for the well, ceremony for nominations, for nominations, most likely to get that nomination. Oh, I, I, I think did, I had it, had it. I probably had it in like the mid section, maybe around like four to six, probably maybe, no, maybe like five to seven, honestly, like in I the mid, had, mid section. I, I had it at seven. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, between those, those, those numbers, I did look, that's like a, that's not very high. I know. But man, it like it went from like seven to three to one so quick. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't think it's just winning. I think it's kind of steamrolling. I I, I like I feel so confident in it winning. And that scares me. Because we kind of went over Nomad Land, that was a fluke. I don't get this category right ever. <laughs> Whenever I think I have it right, I just, it, it all flips itself back. And I know yeah, if what, I would, the, old Jason would have said power to dog because it was right. winning everything. But the last big thing to power to dog was BAFTA. Ricota was not nominated because it had yet to search. Look, it's, it's weird because <laughs> Netflix is going to lose to an Apple TV plus movie. Like, you know, a streaming service that like, just started last year also a sundance movie which famously don't win best picture um a movie not nominated for screenplay not screenplay director or any technical category i mean it would be the first movie to win without a director and editing nomination in decades that is wild to me that it's even conceivable and it's not just that it's conceivable it's that I, I don't see it not happening. I think the preferential ballot is it works incredibly well in its favor because there's nobody's going to be seeing that movie not putting it in their top three. Whereas I you know people are going to be like, oh, Power of the Dog is boring. And when you have like a bunch of three-hour movies to sit through, if you want to watch all the best picture nominees, seeing this tight little like hour 40 movie that's really cute and really likable and really easy to watch, you can recommend to everybody and you can feel so nice when they tell you how much they loved it. When you have the cast of Coda going to the white house, <laughs> showing Joe, Joe and Jill Biden, the movie, and they're tweeting out, we love 
Coda. I mean, <laughs> you can't get better PR than that. Um, and it won, it won PGA. It won the Sag Ensemble, which was the big thing that Parasite won before its upset win. And then the PGA, the only other uh, award show that has the preferential ballot. With, I mean, roughly, you know, I think nine of the same 10 Best Picture nominees. I don't think swapping out Nightmare Alley and uh, being the Ricardos really makes a big difference here. I think that Coda is the runaway winner. Um, whether or not I think it's justified, I don't know. Um, you know, when I look at all the technical elements, like Sheer Power to Dog or West Side Story or Dune might be the superior movie you know, Coda's got a lot of charm to it and it's very likable. And I see a lot of people being really happy with it winning. I don't think it would be like a, uh, a crash or a green, uh, green book where it's, you know, a bit of an eye roll. Like, oh, of course you did that. Like it's a, it feels like a genuinely good movie, you know, Boston strong. <laughs> Boston strong forever. I, I can get behind that. But for me, even though this was, I guess, two years ago at this point now, I never thought there'd be the kind of momentum, the kind of game changer upset that Parasite was. I didn't think we'd get anywhere near something like that again for at least a while, but it snuck up on us once again with this film in Coda. And what a devastating loss. I cannot, and you talked about it a little bit, but I, I, I think everyone's talking about it and they've been emphasizing it, but I cannot emphasize it enough. The devastating loss this would be for Netflix if Coda were to win this award and Apple TV Plus won one best picture where Netflix has been putting money and money into getting that. They have been coveting that best picture award for years, for years and for Apple, who just came out in 2019 <laughs> and hasn't put a lot of investment into their film side yet to come out to pay $25 million for this movie when Netflix put in $160 million into a Martin Scorsese mob epic in The Irishman and they pull out the best picture one in the end. <laughs> I cannot emphasize enough would be utterly devastating inside the walls of Netflix. I would love to be within those war rooms if Coda, and I think Coda will win Best Picture at the very end of this year's Oscar ceremony, because I would love to be in those hallways to see how that, that reaction is going to be, because it's going to be a somber fest in there, while Apple TV, I think, runs away with this. I think they smell the, the, the blood in the water, and went full on in, I mean, between free screenings of the film in theaters to, like you say, going to the freaking White House and presenting their film to the president and first lady of the United States, which I, I, apparently that was a playbook out of the old Weinstein company when they were still around and they were kind of the ultimate Oscar winners in terms of companies, basically, before everything kind of went down with them. So for them to kind of do that, it's just everything is in this film's favor right now. And one night really changed it all. And when we talk about Jason, the PGA, we talk about the BAFTAs and the Critics' Choice. We talk about all these films. But to me, it was the SAGs. And kind of like Parasite, that was a film that gained all that more momentum for that. And it was, to me, the same thing happened with Coda, where it won Best Cast Ensemble. It won Troy Coaster Best Supporting Actor. And from Howard there, Adult is not nominated 
an ensemble. What's that? Empowered the Dog wasn't even nominated. Wasn't even, ensemble, exactly. Which we should have seen. That was the first like. That was, know, the that was the first time we saw any weakness because it got nominated in other categories. Yeah. It got uh, three other nominations. Yeah. There. The actors didn't like it enough to do that. And that's still the biggest branch. Exactly. And, and Coda and Coda only got one acting nomination besides ensemble. Yeah. It's and, crazy. You know, um, here's a, a cute fact. If it wins it at the screenplay supporting actor and picture, which we have it predicting, it will be the first best picture winner since. Um, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, to sweep its nominations. Isn't that a cute little fact? Because it's only three. Three. But that's a crazy thing. Like you said before, Jason, the fact that it's not nominated for any technical awards, film editing, nothing else. It's just nominated for three above the line categories. It didn't even have an original song in there. Nothing. Anything. And it's and, and and the whole thing with the with the film is that they have I think it's the cover song I, I forget the name of the song but that's been kind of the, the anthem for the film really where it's it's all over the place but it's just this, the emoji it, they didn't even have to make their own emoji exactly emoji yeah like it's just it's mind blowing to me and and I think we're in a day and age where when we talk about inclusiveness and diversity this falls in line with that but with this film it's not just because of that this is a heartwarming film and I was. I think when people watch this film, when they watch, I think I think people are surprised because I was by how endearing it is, how funny it is, how lighthearted it is. Because when I first heard about this, film, I'm like, oh, this is going to be about the deaf community and the struggles within it. And it might have some lightheartedness here and there, but it's going to be a little bit more of a of a somber, emotional film. And it has some emotion in it, but it's nothing like what I was expecting it to be. It is kind of a crowd pleaser in a way. It is a family film to watch on a movie night where you just enjoy it for what it is. It's a simple, enjoyable story that people can relate to. It's just, it's all there for them. And again, it's, it is, it is Netflix against Apple TV plus. I think it is between power of the dog and Coda, but I, it's like here right now between Coda and power of the dog right now for me. So it's, it's a wide margin. It's a very wide margin. I do think Coda ends up sweeping all three categories that they're in right now. It's just, or it's just, on that momentum streak right now. Or Power to Dog ends up winning like we saw and we just feel like big idiots. But I, I'm so confident in this. I mean, I am. maybe I'm just on film Twitter too much. Maybe I'm an award circuit thing. They're all talking themselves up on this, but. Maybe, but but even but even but, people that I don't, I feel like don't really follow the Oscars all that much. The film that a lot of people talk about, I feel like is Coda. A yeah, little bit. I, all the nominees. I mean, everyone, it's the movie everyone's discovering now for the first time. And my, you know, if they were, my, my dad texted me when he was watching the SAGs and they were showing all the clips from all the movies. He didn't want to see uh, King Richard. He didn't want to know, when can I watch King Richard? When can I watch Nightmare Alley? When can I watch the new West Side Story? But he's, Jason, do you have Apple TV Plus? I gotta watch Coda. <laughs> yeah. He didn't care well, about Squid Game or Success. I mean, I guess he already watched Success, but the whole point I'm trying to make is he just saw the little clips they showed of Coda and he's Jason, where can I watch that? It's astounding. And, and again, I think as much as you and I both love movie theaters and we're all about the cinematic experience, this is a new day and age where they're going for, for streaming. And again, I kind of emphasize enough, the fact that the Academy is really, it's really against Netflix getting that best picture, but they will award it to Apple TV plus goes to show that they are not <laughs> against streaming they very much are against Netflix. I think if, no, if Adam Coda wins. I don't even think it's that. 
I think Netflix has just gotten incredibly unlucky because I think the another thing the Parasite when showed that was from Neon, yeah, and we thought with Drive My, Drive My Car sweeping these giant nominations, that's from Janus Films. We're living in an age where the distributor is less and less relevant. Yeah, because like I was saying, the studios that are supposed to be the ones sweeping these awards, I mean. Before is Weinstein, but you know, still our Fox searchlights, our Warner Brothers, our Universals, our um, our 20th Century Fox, maybe even our Disney here and there. What are they investing their resources into? They're investing their resources into these big. Fam- they're investing their resources into Free Guy. They're investing their resources into. Um, you know, a new Matrix movie, a new Godzilla movie, all the Marvel movies, a DC movie. Those aren't the movies Oscars are going for. So I think it's only a matter of time a streamer wins because they're the only people. Sure, they're trying to get their own. Um, Netflix obviously has their own franchises they're trying to get off the ground. Um, but they're the only, I mean, no, the reason why Scorsese had to go to uh, Netflix and then go to Apple TV it's because no studio was going to spend a hundred plus million dollars to make his giant mob epic. And that seemed like a no brainer. Can you imagine 10 years ago? It's like, yeah, I'm just going to get Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci together for a, another great Scorsese mob flick. Studios would have lined up for a hundred million dollars easily. easily. And then a hundred million dollars is what I need. And they said, Ooh, mm, I'm not spending that money. Yeah. And then again, Oh, can I have De Niro and DiCaprio and oh yeah um no i can't afford that yeah this is what's gonna happen they're eventually gonna win if they're the only ones putting up the money for these big oscar-friendly movies and i think the award the uh academy can only deny it for so long i think now we're at a point this is why we're seeing um we're in a situation where even if the movie didn't initially come out of streaming i'm telling everyone they can stream pretty much all of these movies i think all but two or three of these are available to stream right now yeah, I mean, all, all of them, I think, really are on VOD or streaming in some way. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying if you have HBO Max yes. or Hulu or Netflix, or you Disney can watch Plus, like everything yeah. but Licorice Pizza in Belfast, I think, for free. Yeah. Yep. You're right about that. And and that's kind of where we're at. And, you know, even though they're technically not streaming movies, you can still get to acknowledge that King Richard and Dune were widely seen on streaming platforms. Yeah. Um, like we're just in a different day and age now. And like you said, and it's no, we are eventually going to get to the point where it's two streamers that are duking it out. Yeah. Netflix, like I said, they got their Scorsese movie to promote next year. Yeah. Oh, no, um, you, mean, you, mean, you mean Apple, not a. Uh, oh, was that on Apple? I, I thought Apple was the next one. Whatever. No, no, no. It, well, the, the, the next one is, yeah, because it was uh, Netflix was the Irishman and now this one, Killers of the Flower Moon, is going to be Apple TV. I yeah. thought the one after this was Apple, but you're right. <laughs> Yeah, because I, because yeah, that's, that's the only well, Scorsese film that I know is coming out right now. Well, the Netflix, I'm, well, how embarrassing would that be if Apple, that's the real test. If Apple TV Plus wins the best picture next year with a three and a half hour long Scorsese epic, yeah, then Netflix will really be upset. Oh, then it's against Netflix personally. Yeah, yeah. But I, again, it's just, it's remarkable to me. It's just because, again, like I said, the, just the emphasis that how badly Netflix wanted this. They want that that credibility and they got beat to the punch by another absolutely. streamer. Absolutely. So 
again, it's going to be a wild night. It's going to, I think it's going to be a night that is going to be very up and down. What, before we wrap up here, what film do you think is going to be the most talked about after Oscar night? We're, we're just going to be, no matter how many, how many films or awards it wins, is it going to be Coda? Is it going to be Dune? Is it going to be West Side Story or, or some other film that we're going to be saying, oh, th- th- that film is one that I want to talk about after the Oscars? It's going to be Coda because it's going to win at least two of these, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, I really feel confident that Best Picture win. Once it does that, I don't think even if Power to Dog wins, I think no discredit to Power to Dog. I mean, it's it is one of my favorite movies nominated and like mm. it's one or two. It's up there. I love it. Yeah. It's really good. I enjoyed it. If, you know, if my mom watched Power to Dog and she said, Jason, I think that movie's a little boring. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I, what am yeah. I supposed to say to that? I yeah. can't disagree. I, can't I totally disagree get why you feel that way. So I feel anyone at home who sees Power to Dog when they're like, oh, that's the one I tried to watch. It's and tough. It's, it's, it's a tough one. Coda watch. wins. And oh, guys, we love Coda. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I listen, I watched it the second time and I loved it more the second time. I enjoyed it. I loved it the first time, but I loved it even more the second time. Like it, it just was so, so good. It's just uh it's just such a good movie. So good. It's it's the code of literally having the same trajectory we all thought Belfast was gonna have with the same logic of Belfast. The crowd pleasing aspect to it, right? You no, know, it's just yeah. a crowd pleaser. We we were just using the same logic just for the wrong movie. Yeah. And now we realize, oh, it was Coda all along. Which is why I think they're gonna give it to Belfast for original screenplay. Because I think yeah. earlier on it would have been Belfast as a frontrunner, but I think to give something to that movie, I think that's gonna be the award for original screenplay. And then or it goes to Don't Look Up. Don't look up has a shocking night. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't listen, I enjoy that movie. It's got its moments, especially in the second half of the film, but I don't think it, it, would, be, it would be special. It would be a very special off year just that happened. But yeah, I think Coda, I think Coda is about to have, I think Apple TV is just about to have a very successful night because unlike Netflix, which is in a situation where they can't get more people to have Netflix. Yeah. Apple yeah. TV plus, they need more people to tune in. I think this is like the kind of, this is the kind of PR that, and people are like, well, now I gotta get Apple TV Plus. They have the Best Picture winner. Yeah, and before the pandemic, I remember when Parasite was getting a lot of boosts from its Best Picture winner. Even before then, with its nominations, it was getting some big, big numbers from the box office at the theater. That was one of the few times I remember they announced Best Picture and nobody was mad. <laughs> yeah, everyone was happy, and I think the same thing is going to be this time. But the crazy thing is, I think last time it was always a can it actually happen. I think there's a little bit of that with Coda, but it's more of a confident of, I can't wait to see this happen. And like, they're it's like, it's like yeah. Yeah. I'm totally sold on this. I don't know what do, else to say. Do you I, think, I, let's say, let's say power of the dog wins best adapted screenplay. Cause do you think Coda needs to win adapted yeah. screenplay to win best picture? Like if it doesn't win best adapted screenplay, it it's a little bit more iffy. Three. It needs to win all three. Okay. Um, if, if, if they do, because they do start with supporting sometimes. If they start out with the supporting actor and they give it to Cody Smith McPhee, I mean, like. That'll be a huge upset. I mean, just in general. Like, I'm, I'm, nope, I was wrong. 
Yeah. Because for and, the longest time, I thought it was always going to be Troy Kosa would be kind of like how Ariana DeBose is really going to be the face for West Side Story. I always felt that way for Troy, that he was going to be the face. And for I still, I'm still pretty confident in Coda winning adaptive screenplay, even at that. I think that's the most likely to happen because like we saw with Nomadland last year, even with that being far and away to front runner. They were like, okay, but we got to spread the love a little bit. Jane Campion doesn't need to win a second Oscar or a third Oscar. She's already winning her best director Oscar. Let's give it to Coda. Um, that's going to be fascinating because that's going to yeah, be the strategy. It, it's going to win all three, though, yeah. um, to win picture. And I think it's very likely to win the three. What happens if it doesn't If it doesn't win adapted? Will you be a little bit more nervous that for best no, picture? If, like, if Howard Dog wins adapted, I'm like, nope, I'm wrong. It would be very bizarre for it to only win picture or only picture and supporting actor yeah um it just i think picture and screenplay are pretty much as locked as possible it's way more likely power to dog the picture and coded a screenplay than other way around it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be uh, i think a nail biter again like i said up and down it's gonna be an oscars that it could be historically making like it's gonna be revolutionary and and, and history making in every sense of the word I think it's going to be one that a lot of people will be talking about in a positive light. Hopefully the telecast is able to do some kind of good. We'll see how that goes. I mean, that's going to be 50-50 up in the air. That could be something we might be talking about negatively come Monday morning, but we'll see. But we got our we got our, our, our picks locked down. Everything's set to go. Anything else you want to add, Jason, before we we send it off and, and, and hope for the best for Sunday night? It's a pleasure to be on the podcast. Um, and you can follow me at Jason Abdow on Twitter and uh, criticaldarling.com. All right. Well, Jason, once again, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We hope to have you back on soon. Again, talking maybe post-Oscars. We'll be looking forward to next year. Again, we're already looking forward to what's on the horizon. Of course, a lot of cool stuff to be looking forward to. But once again, thank you for being on the Sam Bissell podcast. And we hope to have you back on for another time. Enjoy the Oscars and we hope to see you soon. All right. All right. You as well, Sam. <laughs>